Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. For this Wednesday, March the 9th, we thank you for listening to AFR, wherever you may be. And uh, joining me in studio today is Ed Vitagliano, who's back. I'm back, baby. Quick trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. So they didn't want, they didn't want your audition tape? They didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I thought I had talent. <laughs> They say America has talent, right. but apparently that doesn't include me. So, so can you, can, no, can you sing a few bars of your country song yeah. that you're trying? So, you, so you're setting the well. It does. If it's a country song, it does have a bar in it. I, I, I'm, I'm just assuming. Oh, no, we have we have a new grandson. Oh, so, congratulations! Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I I, I, I don't want to pub like. I guess I did publicly announce it, but my son, yeah, and daughter-in-law, they'll they'll do the announcing okay. of all, all that. But we, all right, we have, we yesterday we have. There is a new Vitagliano. There is a new Vitagliano that has entered the world to carry on the name and tradition. That's right. And if you don't like this Vitagliano, <laughs> I got bad news for you. There's more on the way. Okay, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Good to be here with you guys. All right. Uh, hey, real quickly, folks, uh, for those of you who are looking to do something fun and exciting in the summer, uh, we have our uh, spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September. Uh, we go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on one trip, and then we go back-to-back to, back to D.C. and Mount Vernon. That's George Washington's Mount Vernon. <clears throat> so uh, we're over halfway full. We'll be full in another two, three weeks, I would expect, uh, on the June trip at least. So if that's something you want to look into joining us on, uh, we'd love to have you. And all the details, including the cost, the itinerary, the dates, everything you need to know about those two trips, you can do one or the other, or you can do them back-to-back, as a lot of people do, who come from long distances to get to the Virginia, D.C. area. All you need to do is go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com. It's with an S, spiritualheritagetours.com. And as they used to say, read all about it there, so check that out. Fred, what do you got? Well, the big news this morning is apparently a misunderstanding uh, between Poland and the United States with regards to the idea of Poland being ready to give up a couple of dozen of their older MiGs. Those are Russian-built jets that Poland has been using, and Poland apparently has announced, they announced yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, that they now are willing to hand those over to the Ukrainians. However, the plan, according to the Poles, would be that they would fly those MiGs to a U.S. airbase in Germany, and we're not sure where the plan goes from there, how they get from there back to the Ukrainians. Ukrainians. So, Here's the issue. <clears throat> There's been, you know, suggestions or, or Russia has said, you know, it'll, it'll go even more ballistic if somebody puts a no-fly zone in place over the Ukraine. However, uh, you know, people, 
even conservatives have warned, if you put a no-fly zone in place, uh, you have to police a no-fly zone. Somebody from the West shoots down a, a Russian plane, and there's concern you'll have World War III. That's the concern that's been expressed. The dust-up this morning is that the United States is saying, the Biden administration is saying, wait a minute, we didn't agree to this plan by Poland. Uh, we don't know what the Poles are talking about. But I guess we don't have to worry about this too much because it's Vice President Kamala Harris to the rescue. Uh, she took off from Washington this morning. She's heading to Warsaw. Uh, where supposedly on her agenda is to thank the Poles for doing so much for these now over 2 million people, refugees that have left the Ukraine. <clears throat> but there's an AP story, at least, and some other media outlets that are saying she's going to sit down with the Poles. And is there something we can do about this plan that you folks have announced? Because the United States at this point is not willing to go along with this exchange of these MiGs. Well, I, I th this is uh, Tim. You you've been sending around. We've all been seeing the pictures, the images of families, really for the most part, moms and grandmothers and their children and grandchildren. A lot of the men <clears throat> are fighting to save Ukraine. These pictures are heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, but at, at at this point, I do not think that NATO or the, or the U.S. As, as obviously as a standalone nation, are going to do anything other than providing some some lethal aid. You know the Russians are blockading and and preventing a lot of this aid from getting in where they can, and th there's just no way that anyone's going to put up a set up a no fly zone because you would have a hot war between NATO and Russia, mm -hmm. and I, I I do not know what's in. Vladimir Putin's head, but the guy is a, um, he's a cold-blooded killer. Mass murderer. He, he, he's, he is the kind of guy who I think would authorize the use of tactical nuclear weapons, which are smaller yield nuclear weapons, which are usually supposed to be used against massed troops, massed, uh, troops. So, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if he used tactical nuclear weapons. NATO would be forced to respond in kind. We could have a nuclear World War Three or just a conventional World War Three, and I don't think anybody in the West is going to do it. And um, it's you know the Ukrainians seem to be holding on to the best of their ability, and from a lot of things that I've read, uh. seem to have you know uh, shown themselves as being courageous, strong fighters, but I don't think Ukraine can rely on any extra help. Old Russian fighter jets, th that doesn't sound promising to me uh, for the Ukraine, uh, even if they were able to get them. But the, uh, it, the, the Russians, are they not flying all over Ukraine right now? Uh, certainly, I would say in the eastern half, from Kiev east, yeah, uh, they're in the air. Uh, there's been very little uh, on the western side of the Ukraine. Most of it is focused on the southern part down, yeah. down the, the and, Black and Sea. The reason for that is that their air power is not needed in the west. Yes. 
because there's not really a functioning air force to counter the Russian air force. And Putin has said, from what I've read, that if it comes to it, he will use his air force to attack cities. But that's indiscriminate. Yes. You know, if you use targeted missiles, what we would consider like cruise missiles, you can target certain buildings, but you don't want to start unleashing your bombers against Kiev, for example, uh, because then you're leveling cities and it's in, and the killing's indiscriminate. If the Ukrainians were to put up these older, the MiG-29s are from the 70s. I mean, they're still functional, but mm-hmm. but I don't think they would last well, long. So, so just to end this story, Poland announced they want to send these old Russian fighter planes, which they bought from Russia, I guess. This is the irony, right? To a U.S. military base in Germany. Correct. So that, so that and I don't mean to laugh because war is funny. You don't misunderstand me. Just this whole, so that Poland can say, we didn't do it. The U.S. Were the, the US was the ones who sent the jets to Ukraine. That's right. So when Russia says, who did this? Uh, they won't be able to blame Poland. They'll only be able to blame America, which brings America into direct conflict in the eyes of Putin uh, with his country. Well, if 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 Poland, Putin has already said, any other nations around Ukraine that are launching military from, assets to from, help the Ukrainians will be attacked by Russia from their country. Yes, from their country. Yeah. So yeah. Poland would their their airfields would get attacked and Russia would hit them with missiles and, yeah. and that's a NATO country. So yeah, if it's a NATO country, does the rest of NATO respond to Poland being attacked by Russia if Poland was the one that instigated the, the Yeah, fight? I don't think it's going to happen, but, but but you're saying BP Harris is on her way over there to talk to the Poles? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Well, it makes me feel better. Though. Yeah, I know. Next yeah. story. Well, uh, it's all related to this, gas prices. Um Yesterday, uh, and the hits just keep on coming. Yeah, from Fred Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Mr. Don't good bl- news, Mr. Good news over there. Please don't blame me when you go okay. to fill up your don't car the, today. Don't blame the Canadian. It's up four dollars twenty-five cents is the average price as of a half hour ago. Four dollars <laughs> as of half an hour ago. That sounds terrible. It's, uh, you're saying a, it could have gone up by the yeah, yeah. Okay, four twenty-five national average. What yes. you're saying? Yes. And if you've been watching some of the news reports, you go to California, it's bumping up against eight bucks a gallon right now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just not something. Anyway, yesterday, we now know Joe Biden's announcement yesterday is that he's going to cut off oil that we have been importing, we, United States, from Russia. Uh, of course, uh, now with the gas prices, he has an excuse. Yesterday, he was asked about the escalating gasoline prices. Have a listen to what Joe Biden had to say about that yesterday. Cut number two. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record oil production next year. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10%, 
that occurs on federal land. The oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So that that has, uh, and, and this sets up the discussion. The numbers that Joe Biden just gave again yesterday, making his announcement that we're not going to import uh, any more oil from Russia. Those figures, he keeps talking about the 9,000 leases. Jen Psaki has been talking. These are the White House talking points. But what is what they're not saying, and for obvious political reasons is, and uh, there are now people starting to respond saying, yes, but. 9,000 leases. A year ago, there were over 30,000 leases out there. We're down to 9,000. He stopped. Joe Biden did almost day one any exploration on federal lands. That's number one. Number two, the experts point out 9,000 leases. People have to understand an oil company bids for a lease. They get a lease. That doesn't mean they go out the next day, they stick a, a, a pipe in the ground and outpours the oil. That's not it's it. It's not Jay Clampett. <laughs> no, it's not. What it is is that it gives them an opportunity to explore if there is oil or gas somewhere down there. And because, and you're going to hear Neil Cavuto of, uh, he is Fox's business, but he also hosts a program. He's very liberal in his politics. But just to set Neil Cavuto up here uh, and what he had to say yesterday. In response to what we just heard? In response to what we just heard is that they're playing fast and loose with the facts. Biden is trying to say there's all kinds of oil and gas and opportunity out there. It's just the oil company's fault. Listen to what Neil Cavuto had to say, his perspective on this yesterday. Cut number three. Oil trades on the global markets. It's like a stock. So it, it reacts to developments like it did on January 20th when oil prices jumped and continue jumping. Now, in large part, Mitsaki is right to say that a lot of that was the boom we got coming out of a near stopped economy from the pandemic. Absolutely so. Demand was building and supply seemed constrained. But the markets trade on this like they do any stock, not on the news, but on the impact of that news. And what he went, went on to say there, for instance, when Joe Biden first day came into office, <clears throat> uh, he announced the end of the Keystone Project. Now, Jen Psaki and Biden keep saying, well, that doesn't matter anyway, because that was developing an oil pipeline. And it would take years to get the oil to come through there. <clears throat> but what Cavuto was saying, and he's an expert in the business world, the markets react to news. All right. And the news from Joe Biden when he came into office in January of last mm -hmm. year was, I'm killing a pipeline. And the market said, okay, that's going to create problems down the road. Immediately, the thinking on the market is that's going to reduce product. And when you cut back on product, you raise the price. Yeah, listen, uh, the expression gaslighted yeah. applies here. This is what Jen Psaki and President Biden are trying to do is gaslight the American people on this. And, and Cavuto's calling her out on it, calling mm -hmm. them out on it right there. Listen, we all know, and it's been the proud um, 
claim of the Democrat Party, they want to end fossil fuels, carbon emissions, and they want to do it as fast as possible. And so that's their goal and objective. I don't know why he's now going, wait a minute, it's really not our objective. We're, 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 we're willing to let the uh, oil companies drill as much as they want to in America. That's not true. You know what I'm saying? You can't right. be both. It can't be both. You, yeah. you are at war. You, that's why he's got hat in hand to the Saudis and OPEC and I guess Venezuela now trying to get us here in the U.S. some, some uh, oil that we can uh, – so our gas prices don't go up to $7, $8 a gallon. He wants some immediate help. And it's just it's, – it's hypocrisy to, to try to shut down oil – and gas in your own country and then say but w- but then say in the while we try to save the planet from burning up because of american cars and only american cars <laughs> it sounds like in the interim we'll continue to buy oil from other countries and let them be responsible for america burning the planet up you see what i'm saying right it's it's just screwy to, to, for lack of a better word. And right there, all Biden is trying to do, and Jen Psaki is trying to confuse the American people to say, we're not, hey, we're, we're not at war with oil and gas. Uh, I don't know where this comes from. Look, we, we, we're all for uh, exploration and drilling and everything like that. So I don't think it's going to work uh, because this, this gaslighting with uh, the vast majority of the American people. And you know what? The average Joe or the average person or the average Tim out there getting gas uh, in their car who aren't necessarily into politics or policy and they don't follow what the news like we do, they don't, they're not listening to what President Biden says on his excuses for this. They just know Good night. I'm paying twice what I paid under Trump for gas. So there must be some correlation between who's in the White House and how much I pay at the gas tank. Now, that isn't always necessarily the truth, but I'm just telling you that's how the average person out there who who doesn't follow politics like we do views views this issue. Anybody... Disagree with that? No, I, and uh, listen. When when did Russia invade Ukraine? Just, we're, we're a couple like, of we- like three weeks. Three weeks. Oil prices, gas prices have been going up since yes. day one of the Biden administration. Yes, yes. It is just a bald faced lie to blame all of that that trend, that upward trend, on something that happened three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he and the Biden administration is counting on Americans not knowing that. Or forgetting that, and accepting the the explanation that this is all Vladimir Putin's fault. Yeah, and and Neil Cavuto is exactly right. Oil, all, the gas prices, all that is speculative. My understanding is, you know, when when you hear about a hurricane coming and there's going to be damage, mm-hmm. and gas prices go up, everyone says, well, "Wait a second, the gas they have in those big underground tanks at the gas station." That isn't the gas that's going to be affected by the hurricane or by this. 
Why are they jacking up their prices? Well, my understanding is what the owners of these gas stations do is they raise their price because they expect that the next tank full, the next truck that comes in, mm -hmm. is going to be pumping in gas that's more expensive. So they immediately raise their prices so they can pay more for the next round that gets shipped in. They're not I, – I don't think that these people are – for the most part, price gouging people, it's speculative. They are charging at the pump today to cover what they expect to pay next month. Yeah. And that's the way this thing works. And to show you the arrogance of some members of the Biden administration, do you know how they're responding to people who are complaining about high gas prices? They're saying, go out and buy yourself an electric car. That'll suit everything. Uh, and one of those is our transportation secretary, Buttigieg. He said that the other day. He said, just go out and buy an electric car. Well, a Fox is Dana Perino, who worked in the Bush White House. She had this response to these suggestions. Just go out and buy an electric car. Cut seven. Just this week, Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg told everybody that the solution to this is to go out and buy an electric vehicle for $60,000. The, the, what this opportunity that we have right now in front of us is to be more sober-minded for a long-term energy secure future, which gets us to a greener energy future in the long run. Mm -hmm. If I were them at the White House right now, I would say, what all can we do to do Operation Warp Speed for domestic oil and gas production? Yeah, it, it is hard to believe that you would have members of the administration so arrogant saying to people who are suffering under these gasoline prices and higher grocery prices for all the reasons that we talked about, just go out and buy a $50,000, $60,000 electric car. Let me, let me just... Let me just tell the truth about these people on the left. My personal belief is they love this. Since the Obama administration, I'm talking even all the way back to Al Gore, their idea has been to drive up energy prices long term, to drive up the cost of oil and gas, coal, all of that, to force Americans to depart from their love affair with gas guzzling SUVs and big pickup trucks so that they are forced into the Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. That, to me, mm -hmm. I guarantee you that's what these people are thinking, which is why you have Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg saying, just go out and buy an electric car. That's your solution because that's what they want. And I think they are okay with short-term pain in their minds. It's short-term pain for a long-term solution to climate change in this country. They don't care about the little person. And frankly, they're oblivious to the fact that most Americans can't go out and buy a fifty dollars or $60,000 electric car. They're oblivious to that. But th that's not a way to go into a fall election. You know, oh, no, he's, I, he's a dead man walking. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Biden. Politically speaking, uh, he, he, he's in deep trouble by, by – now, he, now, not he personally as president. He's going to be there, assuming he lives or doesn't resign for health issues or whatever. He's going to be there for, what, two and a half more years or whatever it is. So uh, th that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about his numbers, uh, the job approval rating for the American people is dismal, like in the 30s or something. Because like this that. isn't going to stop. These no. high energy prices are going to translate into higher well, grocery prices too. Combine that with general inflation, yes, that we've been experiencing here. Uh, 
They, what, and <laughs> you, call, you talk about a perfect storm for disaster for the Democrats. You talk, and then you add that to the traditional losses that the uh, party of the president has in midterm elections. And 35 Democrats incumbents have in the House have already announced they're not running in the fall. This is this is potentially a bloodbath in November for Biden. And then he's then uh, then everything's really going to begin to change. And well, I'll explain that when I get back. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. You know, most tours of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., don't include the spiritual heritage of our country, the Christian history of our nation, the people, the places, the events that God used to birth America. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. My friend, historian Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, goes with us on these tours and he talks all along the way. He tells you about the people, the places, the events, and he does so from a Christian perspective. So you're invited to join us on one of these spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We also go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on a separate tour if you want to do that as well. So for all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, simply the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Robin Strader is a 72-year-old nurse practitioner in Keller, Texas. She is also a Christian, a member of the local Baptist church. She worked at a CVS pharmacy for more than six years, all the while with a religious accommodation. Over the years, a few customers would ask Robin about contraception. On those rare occasions, she referred patients to another nurse practitioner or she referred them to another clinic. Robin believes all human life is created in God's image and should be protected. But one day, CVS announced they would no longer honor religious accommodations. They said it was too much of a burden. And not long after that, Robin was fired. She's now represented by First Liberty Institute. They accused CVS of discrimination. First Liberty says Robin should not be forced to choose between her faith and her job. My new book is available, Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Draw. You can get a copy at ToddStearns.com. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, 
verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back to the uh, program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim, Ed, and Fred, if you want to watch this year's show on That There Internet, to borrow from Ed Battagliano, go to YouTube or Facebook and type in Today's Issues, and you can watch the live video stream from our studios here. And then we also post the stories that we discuss on our Facebook page, uh, or we post the stories that we discover, but we don't discover. Are we discoverers? We, anyway, uh, are we? I, I look at ourselves like as, Magellan. Or yeah, I look at ourselves. Postillion. Like yeah, we, we're like discoverers. We're, we're we're the, you know, the sharp, the pointy. Yeah, uh, those kind of things. Uh, uh, the pointy end and of the things spear. of that nature. Yeah, the Jacques uh, Cousteau. The Jacques Cousteau of, of radio of swimmers. We dive deep. Of radio, I like that. Yeah, we might use that. Fred. We dive deep. We dive deep. <laughs> All right, so Jacques we post the stories that we discuss on our Facebook page so that you can read them for yourself. And uh, we uh, thank you for listening, as always, to American Family Radio. Next story, Fred. Well, it kind of relates to what we're talking about, but it is another part of the story, and that is we have been reporting uh, from various sources that the Biden administration is trying to make up for the shortfall of Russian oil coming to us by going to Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Venezuela. Now, when I came into work this morning, I found it very interesting. One of the top stories was that the uh, Venezuelans have uh, given back two Americans uh, that have been held hostage down there. Now, why do you suppose they did that? Well, as we reported yesterday, over the weekend, the Biden administration had a couple of its embassies down in Venezuela talking to dictator Maduro. 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 Nikolai, Nicholas Maduro. So I immediately asked, of course, the AP story doesn't talk very much at all about uh, what's up there. Why would... Maduro give up the two two of the Americans he's been holding. Well, one has to maybe speculate the reason he's doing that is because the Biden administration's made a deal to get some oil out of Venezuela and uh, probably a whole lot of money going into Venezuela's coffers. Yes, Same thing. a country that's having a, a severe economic troubles. Yes. This would be helpful to them. Exactly. Well, the same thing apparently is going on with Iran. Wisconsin uh, Republican Senator Ron Johnson was on Fox and Friends this morning. And listen to what he has to say. Uh, You know, we know the Biden administration has been working on probably going back to the deal that Barack Obama made when Barack Obama was president and Joe Biden was vice president with the Iranians. Remember, what was it, a pallet full of cash? We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Like a big jumbo jet full, full of cash, full on of cash. pallets, on multiple pallets. Yeah, Trump in the middle of the night in an unmarked plane. Yes. Uh, well, apparently, while <laughs> Russia is invading Ukraine, 
and the world is expressing great concern and trying to help the Ukrainians out. According to Johnson, America is allowing Russia to negotiate a new deal with Iran. Now have a listen to this. It sounds complicated, but that's the world we live in today. Cut number four. You really need to take a look at what is happening right now within the negotiations uh, it, with Iran. It is a disastrous deal. They're going to lift sanctions on all these terrorists. They're going to funnel tens of billions of dollars into Iran to strengthen the IRG and, and uh, the other terrorists that uh, is the Iranian state. Uh, this is disastrous. And they're continuing down this path. And, of course, the mainstream media is really not covering it, so Americans not, are not aware of it. He's exactly right. I mean, you hardly see anything about this, and it was just because he uh, Johnson was asked this question this morning. This is going on. There was a report last week that uh, there these negotiations over the new Iran deal have been going on in Vienna now, with the Russians at the table, and what others have said, the Russians are representing the United States at this table in negotiating this new deal with Iran. Does that not sound crazy to you? Yes, that does sound that does sound crazy to me. Listen, this is this is an administration that is in complete disarray. They're in com they are confused when it comes to economic policy. They are confused. We don't know what their foreign policy is, and uh, this is an administration that's in disarray. But it is an administration that I suspect I, I can't I can't prove this, but I suspect that the Biden administration is haunted by past corruption with Hunter Biden in Ukraine, for example, and past corruption with the Obama administration with dealing with Iran. I have, I have no idea why any administration, Republican or Democrat, would want to make life easier for the Iranians, for the mullahs over there, they are an enemy of the world. They are certainly, uh, at least the non-Muslim world, but in some parts of the Middle East, they're a threat to other Muslim countries, and they hate our country. Death to America. That they, is, Israel, they hate Israel. They, they hate, hate America. They, they hate the Sunnis, too. So so why would you why would you want to make life easier from, for them at all? Yeah. Where, where are you getting this info from, Fred? What there, you just what you just talked about? Because that sounds that 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 sounds too unreal. I mean, that sounds unreal. What you're talking about? Where did you get this? Fox News has been reporting okay. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I believe Fox News is very credible, and they're reporting it. Just uh, wow. There's okay. so much. Uh, there's so much going on right now uh, under the radar because so much attention on the Ukrainian. I mean, you look, you watch Fox for the most part. It is wall-to-wall. -wall. I mean, the coverage is absolutely incredible. We've never yeah. seen a war that has been covered like this is. High-definition High definition video. Live interviews yeah. with people that are held up in their in their basements while the bombs are going outside. I mean, we've never you seen know anything what? like this. On a human level, I think we're all experiencing this. This is hard to take. It is. I, I can't even. I can only watch so much, and then I have to turn it yeah. off because yeah. it's too depressing and heartbreaking to watch these what these people in ukraine are going through but uh and what's what's worse is emotionally i think for people is you think to yourself okay we're the we have the greatest military in all of the world that is we the united states yes and we're the good guys 
and and we can help these people who are suffering by taking out the ones who are causing them to suffer, right? Yeah, that's logical. That's just how you think. Yeah, and then but you then you have to step back and go, well, what are the unintended consequences for getting into an all-out war with Russia that we that we don't want to experience? So we have to almost detach our emotions. Well, you do if you're in leadership for the, a government leadership like Biden, or you have to detach your <clears throat> urges to go help people and to stop the bad guys. Um, because if you do that, things will only get worse potentially for the world and for your own people here in America. So I think thus far in uh, us staying out of it militarily is is the will of the American people. And I think Biden recognizes that. And uh, not escalating it where we find ourselves a year from now with thousands of troops dead, uh, American troops dead in Ukraine. For a good cause, I guess you could say. Well, no, it would be a good cause, but that's you have to consider a lot more than that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and that's, I, been, that's been part of the discussion on, you know, Zelensky uh, has been calling for the, the Ukrainian leader for a no-fly zone. Right. Because the Russians control the airspace yeah. right now. Yeah. But the downside to that is you have to police a no-fly zone. And the moment you shoot down a Russian MiG, then Putin has put it out you know, there. It, 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 and it's a conflict for, for, for us inter- internally, uh, individually, and then as a country, because it's kind of like akin to watching a little old lady being mugged by a 20-year-old thug Yes, on the sidewalk, and then you go, and well, if I go, I can't go over there and get involved in that because the guy's got a gun and I'll be dead. It's a moral dilemma in a way that I don't know. It's you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Well, it uh, is. Maybe it, that isn't a good analogy, but well, it 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 is a good analogy. It, it but it's limited because if if you go over, you know you know the potential cost. Your life could be your life. You have to make the decision whether that possibility is worth saving the little old lady from being mugged. When you're sending, when you're talking about a no-fly zone, it's not just you, okay? It is all the men and women of the military and potentially U.S. cities. If if it went, if it escalated into a nuclear war, right? Now you, so now you have to calculate. Well, it's not just me. It's not just my life that I'm risking. I'm risking the lives of. And or what if it doesn't affect U.S. cities? But what if, what if Russia nukes cities in Poland yes. or Germany? Warsaw. Yeah, or, yeah, Warsaw. Uh, so this gets, and when you're dealing with someone like Putin, who, I don't know, you mentioned it last week, I think, Tim, the guy's 69. I don't I don't know how much he feels like he has to lose. If, if it looks like his military is being embarrassed and are being pushed back, let's just, let's look at this optimistically. Does he then go nuclear? That's, that's part of Russian strategic, uh, planning is we are not going to lose a war like we have almost lost to the Nazis. We will go nuclear. Mm-hmm. 
if it looks like we're going to Russian Russian territory is going to be invaded. Yeah. That's just that's just their strategy. All right, Can you we, know, but to your yeah. point, Tim, it is so hard to look at these refugees over two million now fleeing for their lives, women, little boys, little girls. Yeah, and we're seeing this hour by hour, day by day for the last two weeks, and it's just a desire from well, your heart to want to help. I know the uh, one. You know, the whole world is against Putin on this. Right. I mean, he... he Except he maybe China. He didn't have a friend uh, left, and and I, I think probably his generals fake it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they have family back home, too. Yeah. And so um, so where does he go? He, he's the richest man in the world, they say, Putin, and he got it. He's still gotten money, but that's what they say, that he's the richest guy in the world. But he may know if I start to go down, uh, by go down, I mean, let's lose the war. You're losing the war. And then your whole country has been shut off from the outside world to the point where McDonald's is leaving. Right. Huh? Right. Then, then it's, it's anybody's guess on how he will react to that situation. Um, because you know, potentially he could be brought up for war crimes. Um, he's not going to ever, he would probably shoot himself before he allowed that to, that to happen. Um, I, cause his, his military at some point might turn him over to, uh, yeah. to the, to the, to the international court. Yeah. If I, I've thought about this before, the psychology of a, of a dictatorship how do you develop that? I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I just find it fascinating on on how that develops because Putin is one is just a man, right? Right. So he tells his generals to do something. They tell their subordinates to do something, or in the case of the citizens of of Russia, police go out there and arrest your fellow citizens. And put them in jail because they said something they didn't agree with Putin on the war, for example. That it, it, you, you can only operate well. That, that the whole basis of that control is on fear. So if you have the generals there, and one of them is thinking to himself, "This is insane what we're doing here," to and, and he and one of the generals may think it's immoral killing innocent uh, people uh, in Ukraine and making them displace uh, potentially the rest of their lives. I, I'm just saying, if, you, if, if this is the thinking that's going on inside your head, or this is a great miscalculation, I'm talking on the part of his generals, a great miscalculation, the boss has royally messed up here. Well, does he utter that? Because he has to consider if I utter that or speak that to uh, Putin, the boss, who's 25 feet down the table because he's freaked out about COVID, then maybe he could say, okay, off with your head mm-hmm. and yep. your family's yes. head. And then the other guys sit around the table and going, wow, that could be me next if I utter anything that's right. in disagreement with the boss. You know what I'm saying? So that's the, that's the situation so somebody or somebody's would have to get together 
inside the Kremlin or wherever his bunker is and, and decide I'm going to speak to another general general about this in the hopes of I have his confidence and he agrees with me so that we can begin to stop this guy from bombing the world. Right. And, and, and also my people, our, our people out there in the country are suffering economically terribly and being, we've become the pariah of the world. So we, it's up, we're the only ones who can stop this man. Okay. So you, he goes and talks to his, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who does he go talk to? And it, as I said, if he, if he's, if he's wrong, if his friend turns him in, then boom, he's dead. And I, I don't know. That's how you control uh, the masses with that fear well, you being don't, passed down through society. Go ahead. You don't even have, and that is true about dictatorships, and they do hold on with fear. But you don't even have to talk about a dictator to recognize that human nature is exactly the way you're explaining it. Uh, one of the things that we do, this is going to sound like a bizarre parallel here because uh, one of the things we do here at American Family Association, Tim, as as you know, we have a board of directors. You have leadership. We're not yes men. You, you'll say, right. hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? We are free to discuss what we honestly think without fear of being fired. But you talk about big ministries where you had a strong personality with uh, people who were yes men. Right. What usually happens is nobody corrects the direction of the ministry right. because of fear. Right. Now, they're not going to get killed, but they could lose their job. And then you read about a financial scandal. Exactly. Or a sex scandal. This and is human nature at work. People are afraid to lose what's important. And in the case of a dictator, you and your family could be killed. But human nature is going to cower unless you have somebody who is really courageous and willing to pay the price. You know, you had generals who tried to kill Hitler when he was what taking a, the country down the tubes. What a contrast in personalities between Putin and Zelensky. <laughs> Zelensky is, he could, he could have run. Right. He's the Ukrainian leader. He is there. He even went back. He, he, he went out of his bunker where he's been doing the daily news conferences. He went back to his office yeah. in Kiev yesterday, and he addressed the U.K. Parliament, got a standing ovation. Uh, talk about the, how weird the coverage of this war is. Yeah. There is Zelensky talking to all these lawmakers in the United Kingdom. But he's, he's there. He's saying he, I, I think his family is still there in the Ukraine also. He hasn't. They're stand, he says, "I'm going to stay here and fight." You, yeah, you, you've got. He's a very, he's a very, very, very brave man. He's a modern day, uh, uh, what did I call it? The Braveheart. He, uh, he, he is. really is. And you know what? Also, if this continues on, if this continues uh, in the direction it's going, I could see massive uh, numbers of Russians trying to get out of their own country, mm. uh, and then Putin having to build another East Berlin Wall type thing. To keep them in, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because for the Russians who can leave, I mean, most of them can. Obviously, they can't afford to. Don't know how or too elderly or whatever. But if you're 25 or 30 years old and you know what, well, you know how the world is because you've been exposed to it, uh, and you're, you know, you're going to go for freedom. Yeah, you're not going to go for a gulag. 
you know. Right. Is that what you call it? Yeah, gulags. Siberian gulags from the Soviet Union days. Basically uh, concentration camps. That, that's where that's where Russia's headed. But, well, they're already, they've already arrested, what, thousands and thousands of citizens protesting out in the street against the war in Russia. Yeah. That's the, that's the first sign of authoritarian uh, and military and police state uh, suppression of, of any of dissent. And uh, that, that's where this will lead. So when you, if you're going to start doing that across the country in Russia, you're going to, you're going to find people leaving by the millions trying to get out uh, from under this. And, and you may, you may have amongst the younger Russian soldiers, uh, we're already hearing stories about them. They didn't know they were going to be doing this. They t- they were told it was a military exercise. Listen, they're texting with their friends. They're on <laughs> social media. You can't stop that. No. I don't Putin can't even stop that altogether. No. Nope. So, they're talking amongst themselves. And I'm just like we were talking about a few minutes ago off the air. If you're like you're saying if you're a 22, 21-year-old guy in the military in Russia and now you've been told your orders are to invade Ukraine and conquer it and kill people, men, women, and children. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> you've never done that before. the 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 last war that Ukraine, excuse me, that Afghanistan, pardon me, that Russia had like this was in Afghanistan, wasn't it? Or I guess it was Georgia, but that really wasn't a war. They just crushed them pretty quickly. And uh, Crimea. And Crimea, but they took that without right any resistance. But I'm talking about an all-out, got to fight. Uh, people armies or taliban whatever they were fighting back then wasn't the taliban it was the mujahideen yeah uh i'm just saying uh the the, the it was the daddies yes. of the daddies and the granddaddies of the uh men who were in the russian army now in ukraine so they've never done anything like this before and they may not be willing to die to take out uh, apartment buildings in. Well, it, this is I'm looking at Fox News. Their lead story is Russia bombs maternity and children's hospital in Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, so, the reason you would do something like that, and I don't know that they targeted that per se, they probably just bombed indiscriminately, but is to uh, crush the will of the Ukrainian people so that they say, you know what? We want to fight, but it's we're going to die. Everybody's going to die here, and you're going to have fatherless children by the thousands. So we have no, there's no hope for resistance any longer. So we surrender. I'm just saying that it's probably right now it doesn't look like that. But I'm just saying that you could come to that point. You could come to that point because. You look up and here comes another cruise missile right into uh, your beautiful city and then you finally say i, I can't t- we, we we can't we can't he can fire as many of these as he wants to so so we're gonna have to do something or else we just all die Man, maybe they say we just all die yeah i don't know but um i'm just saying that's the dilemma that uh the ukrainians could find themselves in or you could have a protracted guerrilla warfare situation because, listen, uh, urban warfare, I don't care how strong a military you have. You, you, how, how long are you going to have Russian uh, army troops 
checking out the halls of apartment buildings in of thousands and th- of of hundreds of bil- hundreds or thousands of buildings all the time and then they get attacked from from uh, from the resistance in guerrilla warfare as I'm talking about on a daily basis you know what I'm saying yeah. and they cost a lot of money to occupy a country like that this to me this sounds like a plan gone totally bad for Putin and the people who planned it they thought they would come in with overwhelming force and scare the devil out of all the Ukrainian people and they would surrender without a fight or much of a fight. Uh, I thought, I think this well, is what they thought would happen and the opposite happened. And let me just say this, this quick point. When we went into Iraq, uh, looking, remember that this was after nine 11. I, I don't want to go through all the history of that, but remember people said, if you break it, you own it. Well, we broke it. Right. And talking about Iraq. Right. Iraq. And we poured trillions of dollars in to rebuild it. Okay. Russia doesn't have that kind of money. If they break Ukraine and decide that they're going to occupy it just to save face, you've got to rebuild it and they can't. So you're going to be occupying a country with thousands of people near starvation. How are you going to feed all those people when they start trying to come back? Yeah. This could be a real disaster for Russia. Yeah. And they say the Russian economy is about the size of that of Texas. Yes. So while Russia has a big name on the world stage, their uh, their economy is not uh, one of the largest in the world uh, by any means. Uh, so uh, we need to all... As Christians, pray about this whole situation on a daily basis because a lot of fear and anxiety out there among our fellow Americans in particular about where the economy's going because people have to feed their families. Right. We'll be back in five minutes after the news. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.